Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 39th episode of the podcast on September 19th, 2013. Well, it's an interesting week. You know, football continues. It's really good to be back in the football season, that's for Mm -hmm. sure. And then we are nearing the end of the baseball season as well. Joel, how is your world in sports? Uh, good. Um, what I believe there's, there's a, I mean, a pretty big game tonight in the college football world as far as whether or not Clemson will Clemson. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if they are past that anymore. Now that they know that that's a thing that that's you know true. everybody talks about. Um, maybe they won't make a mistake. They're, yeah, they're up against NC State, and also in the yeah. NFL, you have Kansas City going to Philadelphia. Yes, and that, yeah. I mean, yeah. storylines. The Andy <laughs> Reid homecoming. Yeah, and, and I mean, you got to think that, like, well, we all know how most Philadelphia fans and stuff are, but, I mean, like, he he kind of put Philadelphia on the map. Pretty much. In a way. So, I mean, you, you would think, a few, like, at least a few fans would be supportive not only that but it's donovan mcnab getting his number retired mm-hmm. night so you get both of them back in the building on the same night that's going to be interesting to see how those philly fans react for sure yeah a lot of emotions there and so well last week on down the sidelines we had a few stories in our red zone and we'll get to those top three sports stories of the week soon uh we had the men's national soccer team clinching their world cup berth you know nothing since then uh, because soccer, <laughs> and you have these <laughs> these qualifying matches, you know, spread out, and with you know Team USA already qualifying, I mean, there's going to be basically warm ups in a way for the World Cup that's in nine months or so. Uh, plus, you have the Oklahoma State payment scandal, and nothing's really come of that since then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, aside from that, you had you know some uh, Deadspin article where. Uh, the writers from Sports Illustrated would you like a little chat with the fans and uh, it seems like a really strange situation. You had one of the, the girls from the the cheer squad or whatever mm-hmm. they wanted to call that group, you know, say that the reporter was kind of asking, you know, misleading questions and really trying to press on the whole sex thing and when it, she had no idea that it was happening when she was the leader of the, the group so, mm-hmm. I don't know, this is a strange situation going on down there. NCAA hasn't investigated yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who knows, what the, especially with that whole Miami scandal with the Shapiro booster yeah. thing. They haven't and, gone with that know, either. So. I mean, it's, it, you know, you got to think, when you see something like that, too, it's it's a it's a huge opportunity. Anytime you can break any kind of news, uh, you know, it's going to sell lots of... Lots of magazines and stuff in this day and age where, you know, digital publications are really, you know, taking over. Well, it's true. And hits are everything. And it also, you know, throws up a red flag, maybe a Mm -hmm. sooner red flag, when 
the main author of the piece is a Oklahoma Sooner fan. Yeah. It, like it when they pointed that out, it's like, uh, maybe you should. I know your intents, your intentions are good if they are accurate. Where you know you do want to point out something that you know maybe it's happening in other programs, but maybe you should think about that connection and be like, I don't want it to be perceived this way. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you can talk about like uh, how you know journalists are writing their stories and they're doing their interviews, what kind of questions they ask, but you know if it all kinds of sets up for you to get a story out of it, you know, sometimes you can't blame them for going off of. Maybe maybe the information isn't complete, completely accurate, but maybe they're getting this side of the story from like a disgruntled player of the yeah. team in the past. That's which in this situation, yeah. yeah, in this situation, you definitely have that. You have a lot of kids who um, kind of dropped out of the program, dropped out of school, you know, got into drug trouble, that kind of thing. So you know whether or not it's true or not, you've got doubt on both sides. Yeah. Then we also talked about the NFL Week 1 takeaways. You know, we just had Week 2 wrap-up, so we'll get to that soon in our replay. Let's get to the red zone here. Top three biggest sports stories of the week. We start at the 20-yard line, and it's the Major League Baseball season starting to wind down. And with the new playoff format, where you have two wildcard teams instead Mm -hmm. of one, these two wildcard teams will be playing a play-in game. Then after that, they get into a seed, uh, you know, kind of a, a best of... I think it's best of seven at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, best of seven playoff series with the top seed in the uh, the whole division. Not the division. The, um... God, what, what do you even call, call it? League. The league. Yeah, yeah, league. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've had one drink tonight, and I can't even remember that. This <laughs> is going to bode well. Anyway, the, you know, the National League is kind of setting up to be a very interesting... Uh, race, you have Pittsburgh and Cincinnati right now tied mm-hmm. uh, for that spot. Whereas, you know, St. Louis is a couple games up in the division. Let me check. As of this moment, right now, they're one and a half games up. Yeah. And uh, actually, as of this moment, you have Pittsburgh, who is a game up on Cincinnati. Is that accurate? Um... Well, they're currently tied in games back for the wild card, but as far as games back of St. Louis. Yeah, Pittsburgh is a game up on Cincinnati in that regard. So that, I guess they would get you know the home field advantage if that played out the same way. Mm-hmm. Washington, talk about a team that's on a tear. Yeah. Uh, one of the best records in the since the All Star break. Atlanta's been slipping. You know they're I think it was it nine or so games back in the division. Nine games back in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you almost have about ten games left, I mean they're not gonna you know catch up in that way. But do you see anything happening in the National League there, or is it just going to be that you know Central Division, you know slam? Uh, I mean, I don't really see as much change happening there. Um, you know, I mean, really, just especially looking at the American League, that's where I have my doubts. <laughs> like I, I look at it, and I'm like, well, like. I definitely think this team's going to be in, but otherwise, like, I have no... It's really hard to pick. Like, I, you know, there's one team who I can kind of lock down on that, but the other ones, it's just like, I don't know. I really don't know. I, otherwise, I, I'm kind of like, I think that I can, if I were to, like, go ahead and had to pick it, like, right now, I think I could generally 
get an idea of what it, who the teams would be. Right. I mean, for for Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, it's really like the slimmest percentages of chance yeah. mm-hmm. that they would miss a playoff berth. That's got to be exciting for a Pittsburgh Pirate fan like yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, winning season and then this possibility, which, you know, I'm sure the start of the season nobody was like, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> so it's definitely nice to see. Like, it's, it's really weird because, like, I really want to go to a baseball game. My my dad's at a conference in Pittsburgh. He got to go the other night. Mm. My sister, with her new job, had to go talk to sponsors who have a partnership with the Nationals. So she got to go to a game the other night. Oh, and my sister, who's out in Colorado for school, gets to go to a baseball game this week. So I'm like, well, what about yeah. me? Yeah. Well, you'll just have to try for for playoff tickets. Maybe even that play-in yeah, game. That'd I'm be hoping. exciting. I'm hoping, yeah, because I I have a friend who has season tickets, so it definitely have a chance. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Dodgers, who just clinched uh, this afternoon. They clinched their division, so they've got mm. the playoff berth in the NL West. So that's exciting as well over there uh, for the National League. It's looking to be pretty set. However, the American League, as you know, we have about ten or so <laughs> games left in the season. You know, give or take one or two for each team. Uh, that is very close, and it makes it so exciting. You got to think the decision to add the second wild card team really is going to pay off this year. I mean, everyone oh, likes yeah. that playing game. I know when I was a, a tiger, you know, for being a Tigers fan in I think it was two thousand nine, they had a playing game against the Twins, and it was not the playoff playing game format, but it was the game one sixty three where they were tied for that division lead. Mm-hmm. And then the wild card, the one wild card team, I think it was coming out of the East already for the AL. But it was the, that one game. You know, the winner makes it, continues, the loser goes home. It's exciting, and it's a good thing to add. But right now at this moment, you have Tampa Bay, who's effectively tied with Texas. Oh, I see what they're doing. So they have the, the games yeah. back and all that. They're, because there's two, they just say, oh, they're both at the top. But... Basically, Tampa Bay is one game up on Texas for that mm-hmm. higher seed, just like Pittsburgh's one game up on Cincinnati. I get it. Okay, I see what they're doing here. But then Cleveland is a half game back of Texas. Baltimore is one game back. And then the Yankees and Royals are two and a half games yeah. back. From there, it drops off to the Angels, who were very disappointed this year. Eight and a half back of the Texas Rangers. Rangers who have been slipping hard yeah. to the, the athletics. They had a... I think a four-game series, and the A's sweeped them. Mm-hmm. So that's that's intense there. Interesting point. We make the play here on Down the Sidelines, where it's the predictive development of the show. We wonder which two teams will meet in the American League play-in game. Do you have any yeah. thoughts here? Okay, so, um, you know, I, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking at Tampa Bay, Texas, Cleveland, Baltimore, New York, and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, and of those teams, what I'm looking at right now, what I think, just schedule-wise, looking uh-huh. at all their schedules, I'd say Cleveland. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think that they definitely are going to be able to wrap up one of those spots. Um, and then after that, that's where I kind of just like, this is hard to pick because everybody's everybody else has a semi-challenging ch- challenging schedule and um, they could slip up and just be completely out of it in one mm-hmm. series. Um, 
So, okay, so first of all, just to talk about Cleveland's schedule, um, I think they have uh, three games at the Royals, um, four at the Astros, two at the White Sox, and four at the Twins. I mean, that's as easy as it gets. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's basically how I'm picking this. I, it just it, It's so much easier comparatively to the other teams left on the schedule. Um, and... I don't know, I'd say if I had to pick another team, I'd probably go with the Rays. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think, you know, they're, you know, they're offensively, it's kind of, uh, you know, maybe in one game they'll get one run and then the next game they'll get, like, nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very dependent upon, it, they'll go on, like, really big hitting streaks. Um but they're pitching. I like their pitching. Um, and at least from like looking at the other schedules comparatively, I, I like them in that schedule compared to the rest of the teams. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm with you on this one, actually. Uh, I, I'm not liking the slide Texas is on. Mm-hmm. And you know, try to look up their schedule here. Um, you know, just how they've been playing. They've lost... Eight of their last ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that that can't be going well for your team. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the the Rays and the Orioles, I think, would be the two that I would think would have a really good chance. They start a four game series. Oh yeah. Coming up right now, mm-hmm. and then the Rays get the Yankees in another series, while the Orioles get the Red Sox, who have the best record in the American League right now. Both also mm-hmm. get uh, the. Uh, they also get the Blue Jays yeah, in a four-game series. Mm-hmm. However, Texas also does have... They have Kansas City, which that's... that's you got to like these matchups, I tell you. Yeah. The Rays and the Orioles starting a four-game series coming up, and then the Rangers and the, or, uh, the Royals start a three-game series. But then the Rangers get Houston and the Angels. Yeah, they do. I mean, some of those teams can come up and surprise you a little bit. So I'm not too fond of how the Rangers are doing right now. I, I agree with you. Cleveland has got a very easy schedule. I think they have the motivation. Mm-hmm. I think they'll sneak in. But I, I like the Rays as well. Like you said, starting pitching. Yeah. I think you know if they get you know a, a winning you know series against the Orioles right there, and then you follow mm-hmm. up the Yankees, who are granted will be trying to fight as well. Uh, but I think that'll be some good momentum, and then they wrap up the year with. Uh, with the Blue Jays. It's going to come down to the wire, though. Yeah, and we, we were talking about, you know, kind of easy games. And, you know, the Astros definitely fall into that. And uh, I was, like, reading something the other day where yep. their ratings were worse than a WNBA preseason game. Or uh, some... It was a regular season game. Okay, they're, regular they're season game. Up I, I yeah. couldn't even remember what it was, but... At a point zero four share, about 1,000 people. Crazy. And then they had the butt slide, which I don't know if you've seen the butt slide. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but Google Houston Astros butt slide. Oh, boy. You know, they, can't wait. ESPN made a big deal about the butt fumble being retired from, you know, their bottom 10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now you have the butt slide. So, uh, Oh, boy. It always seems to happen to those teams that are just awful. <laughs> so, yeah, we both think that it's uh, going to be Tampa Bay and Cleveland. We'll yeah. see how wrong that is. Oh, of course. Yeah, you know, we mm-hmm. gotta gotta make the play, as it were. Yeah. Now, how about the ten yard line story here? 
Oh, okay. So, uh, just the other day, we heard about this story. It was uh, yesterday. Kind of like breaking news. I, it was like in the middle of the night, or I can't even remember what time it was that they, they said it happened. But, um, the you know, in a way, it, you know, it, to some people, and I'm sure a lot of Brown, Browns fans, it looks like they're, you know, calling it a season already, in a way, in week, you know, going into week four or week three. Three. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the Browns, you know, take their, first the great, round pick. great franchise that they are, Yeah, take their first round pick from, you know, not last year, but this, the year before, um, from the, you know, the national champion Alabama team, that great running back Trent Richardson. Um, and they decide, you know, uh, I, we're going to look for a team who wants him, um, because, at least from what we're seeing right now, they're not satisfied with uh, the quarterback play that they have right now, mm-hmm. and the players they have also the players they have around the quarterback. Um, you know, la- we talk about last year. Uh, I believe he almost ran for a thousand yards, and he didn't. He, he had to sit up, sit out a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we all watched him in college. He's just a monster. <laughs> And came into the league and, you know, wasn't on a very good team and, and still produced offense for them. So three and a half yards, you know, per carry average, but it's against a, you're not really good, you know, offensive Yeah, but line. I mean, he can, he can, the thing is, you know, he's definitely built to be a run, NFL running back. Oh, sure. um, he's got great size and speed. He can catch the ball. He can block for, he can do pretty much everything. Um, definitely could be a franchise running back, and you know that's what they plan for him. But I, I guess he just doesn't really fit the mold of what they want because um, you know giving him up to to get I mean to get more picks in this draft, which let's all be honest, it's probably going to be a really loaded draft as yep. far as skill mm-hmm. players go. Um, quarterbacks galore. I mean, <laughs> there's going to be a lot, and um, you know. I, Probably quarterbacks that can come in and play right away in the league. Yeah. And uh, same with wide receivers. There's going to be a ton of them. And you didn't really have that this year. I mean, really what it was is, you know, I think outside of Tavon Austin, the top 10 picks were all defensive players and linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely if you're looking for a quarterback or skill players, you're definitely going to want to get some high picks. This next so yeah, they they trade Trent Richardson to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, big get for them. They only had really really a mod Bradshaw as running back. I mean, they had Vic Ballard as well, but he was lost for the year uh, with an ACL. Uh, big get for the Colts, but they give up a first round draft pick, give it to the Browns, so that gives them two. I think it might even be like two in addition to their one. Yeah, like they're they're uh, loading they, up. They also the have rounds. they have I think they have maybe two in the first round, two in the second round, and two in the fourth round. Which it is promising for the next yeah. draft, but it mm-hmm. does mean this year seems to be a wash. They bring in Willis McGay; he's going to start. Yeah, they only make also make the decision that you know Brandon Whedon's got a sore thumb, hasn't been playing that great. You have Jason Campbell backing him up, former Raiders and Redskins quarterback. But they decided to jump that, get their third-string quarterback, Brian Hoyer, out of Michigan State, was a New England Patriots backup for, this is his fifth year in the league or so, and Brian Hoyer is going to be your starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's baffling what they're doing right now. 
Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there's still some skill players there. And, um, you know, Willis McGahee will do, I think he'll do a fine job in like a fill-in role kind of thing. But it'll definitely have to be a running back by committee kind of mm-hmm. thing because he's he's a lot older. I mean, he definitely can't take the same kind of beating that, that Trent could take. And, I mean, that's kind of how it's going to be there because, you know, offensive line isn't too dominant. Um, you know, the quarterback play is questionable at times. You just, you have to run the ball more there and uh so i i don't know i the way i look at it um i feel like uh it probably benefits both parties yeah as far as that that trade goes i i think uh you know the colts definitely have who they want their quarterback to be oh sure so that's not going to be of great concern to you know them next year obviously they'll be looking for different kinds of skill players but um i don't know i feel like uh that's probably a good mixture there you know the young talented running back with the quarterback who you know they predict to be their quarterback for a long time that's probably a good i think it, i think to them it looks like it's worth it yeah, and the, for the first the, and third pick in the 2012 draft yeah that'd be pretty yeah, good the the uh the um also i think a lot of what it has to do with is the uh relationship between the coach and that running back mm. the fact that they've talked a lot and they know each other from when he was in school yeah and from you know his coaching days with baltimore too cuz he knows a lot of the guys that are in that league and they said thanks for getting him out of there <laughs> you know cuz <laughs> we don't like to play against him so yeah. I, that's and it'll be interesting to see how that develops this year, oh, especially sure. for them. But then we also have to look at the other side of it with Cleveland. Like, how does that develop this year? Not just the running back thing, because that would have been one thing, but the quarterback yeah. thing. I mean, that's going to change their whole season. Yeah, they got to be tanking for that top spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a run for the top, you got to think. But here's an interesting list I came across. You know, how they have the first-round picks. And uh, how have the Browns drafted in the first round since they became an expansion team again in 1999? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim Couch, Courtney Brown, Gerard Warren, William Green, Jeff Fain, Kellen Winslow, Braylon Edwards, Camarion Wimbley, Joe Thomas, Brady Quinn, Alex Mack, Joe Hayden, Phil Taylor... Trent Richardson, Brandon Whedon, Barkevius Mingo. Only a few names stand out, and those are your first-round picks in the last 13 years. I don't know. You've uh, a lot of times the draft. You know, it's not. I don't think it's always a evaluation of pure talent because sometimes it's just based on need. And I think to them, I mean, they have been searching for a quarterback for years now. That, I mean, it's, it's not like a lot of those picks have been high picks, right? Oh, oh, wait. Yes, they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. Especially where they're picking, there is always a lot of great players who end up being really great players available. And still a lot. Mm-hmm with that 
Yeah. And then I, you I have just, teams like you have teams like uh, New England and and uh, Pittsburgh and Atlanta who are picking higher, and then they somehow get guys who are long in the league. You know? Yeah, they get great scouting and they you know draft deep. Yeah, and the, and usually they're not you know they're either at the middle or they're at the top, so they're they're usually not getting the guys who are first off the board. Well, sorry, Browns fans everywhere. That's that's the really tough go. We make the play here. Will Trent Richardson rush for a thousand yards this season? Now that he is in Indianapolis, I think he will. I think it's a new environment that's going to be good for him. He's going to not be relied to carry the entire load. You know, to be the franchise player that he was in Cleveland. I mean, you already have Andrew Luck, who's going to you know take a lot of that pressure off, but he's going to rely on him. He's going to get a good amount of carries as long as he stays healthy. And I think a thousand yards is reasonable for Trent Richardson. Yeah, I mean, at least from what it sounded like from their coach, they're gonna get him the ball as much as they can. Um, and I and I definitely do think that that will be a good pairing. Um, kind of, you know, because he's not only you know is he skilled at running the ball and stuff, but he's a great safety valve. You uh-huh. Get him the ball on the flat and just let him run over people. That's true. Um, because <laughs> it seems like he does that more than he gets out of the way. <laughs> Mm. From you know going back and looking at the uh, looking at some of the performances that he put on when he was in a conference that breeds NFL players basically yeah um, yeah I I think uh, I don't know it, it it's kind of a a good move for the Colts and um, I don't know just questionable for the Browns as to as far as this year goes obviously. It was a move made to to better themselves in the future. Um, so you know whether or not uh, you know they can because it seems to me I mean like at least when I was watching them play the Ravens, um, their defense isn't that bad. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just offensively I think is the question because they really struggled to score in that game, and um, I think if you if they're having trouble scoring with Whedon and Richardson, then it's going to probably be even harder now. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Uh, the five-yard story is you know, Bo Pelini uh, over at Nebraska, the head coach there, had a, a rough, what was an interesting day, let's say, in 2011 when his Cornhuskers played the Ohio State Buckeyes. They were down early, 28-7. Rallied and you know scored twenty eight unanswered points, and ended up winning the game thirty four twenty seven against the Buckeyes. Mm. However, the fans at Nebraska, where the game was played, uh, kind of bailed on the team a little bit when it got to be you know that twenty eight to seven score mm. in the third quarter. And so, Polini was a little miffed after the game. Did not think he was being recorded and kind of went on a tirade against the media and the fans basically in a way saying F the fans Mm -hmm. Uh, the Fairweather fans F you fans F all of you F them so it's got got a bit of a hot water situation there especially when Nebraska you know seems to be in control against UCLA this past weekend and then blows it it kind of let the person who had recorded it kind of be more encouraged to leak it 
to the media. I mean, what was your first thought when you heard this story? Oh, well, first of all, I just wanted to say to the last question, I do think that they rush for a thousand yards. Oh, I'm sorry. The yes. Colts. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, reaction wise, as far as a coach goes, I mean, I even remember in high school uh, the things that you'd hear the coaches say on the sidelines, and you just would be like, I mean, thank God that our parents can't hear them. Mm. And it was even worse in the locker rooms. And we didn't lose a game. So, like, I can't even imagine what it's like, you know, at this higher level in college where coaches are getting paid, like, millions to win games, basically. Um, And their bonuses depend on whether or not they're winning the conference or whatever. So I'm sure it's very personal for them as far as what's going on. But um, as far as like the fans leaving the games, um, I mean, that happens everywhere. It's just going to happen. I mean, it's they're They're the ones losing their money. They're not getting the full value out of their tickets. I know how expensive college football tickets are. They're really expensive. And I'm sure at Nebraska, they're probably more expensive. And if they're not willing to get their value out of their tickets, then screw them. But you don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's the big thing. <laughs> like, Keep your mouth shut. Yeah, and so, like, I the other thing I don't really understand is um, it seems like more and more um, athletic departments are putting pressure on the coaches to sell the tickets and that kind of thing. Well, like... If you've already sold the tickets, then why does it matter if the fan leaves already? Mm. You know, they came to the game, they bought the ticket and everything. If they leave early, who cares? Like, I mean, they just missed a great win. Yep. So, I mean, they're the losers in the whole thing. So, I don't know. It just, it seems really strange for him to be upset about that kind of thing. He should be focused on... I mean, the coach should always be focused on what is going on in the field, what's going on with his players. He should care less about the fans. He should have been happy being after there. a big comeback win yeah. against a high-ranked team. Don't let it's, it get to you. It's just, yeah, exactly. Just don't, don't worry about it. You know, you know when you're and also when you're in public, praise the fans as much as you can. You know, mm-hmm. like in this day and, and age, you are always being. And recorded. even if it sounds sarcastic, just go ahead and do it anyways because it's. You sometimes they forget just like the players when they go out and commit crimes or do really stupid things. They forget that they're representing a university mm-hmm. and everything you do that's on television or in the media represents that university. Even if it's just some kid doing something stupid, they're going to say, oh, well, this kid goes to Nebraska. And so all the students at Nebraska are awful. Mm. it's that kind of thing and you know going where i go to school i hear about all the time because this is where they like start burning couches after wins and stuff and so that makes you know that makes the whole university look bad but it's just a few people like it so and not only that but you're a coach you're in the spotlight all the time you've just you're basically like a local celebrity yep in a way so just Shut up. <laughs> yeah, gotta imagine that the ca- the cameras, the tapes, they're always rolling in this yeah. day and age. You have cell phones everywhere. Just gotta be When you smart. get home, scream into a pillow. There you go. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's a good thing that he's not being punished for this. It's so retroactive at the point. 
Although they had a, a reporter in the Lincoln newspaper there. I don't know if you ended up reading it, but oh. it was a kind of reaction to Deadspin, because Deadspin was the one who the recording got leaked to, and so they mm. posted it. And so this article is basically kind of butthurt in a way that it got exposed, and it's like, dear Deadspin, like these are kind of other things that Nebraska's done. Maybe you want to report on them in kind of like a mocking tone mm-hmm. in a way, but it was like the same kind of bit. It, I don't know. Maybe give it a read if you're interested. Uh, let me let me look up where this is from. Yeah, I mean the the negative things are always going to be talked about more than positive things. That's just the kind of society that we are. Um, anytime, because as many fans as you have out there, you've got just as many people who don't like you. <laughs> so, um, and it's a good. I mean, it's a story. It's something to talk about. I mean, that's what Deadspin does. They bring out stories. You, people might get really mad about the stories that they put out there because they really dig into stuff, but that they're just getting a story out to the people. I mean, that's really all it is. So if you're upset about it, fine. But, I mean, it's already out there. So, there's, you know, saying something else about it's not going to change it. <laughs> These were the guys who broke the Manti Teo story. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You didn't think they were going to say anything about this if they had information about it? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find this and having difficulty mm-hmm. doing so. But it, it's from you know, the local Lincoln, Nebraska newspaper. And it it really comes off as if it were any other coach, any other team, I would understand why you did this. However, because it's our team... Oh, shame on you. Why? Oh, that's how a lot of local papers are about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just how they're, they, they've got to defend their school and their society, you know, their area. So, mm-hmm. anyway, let's get to the replay. We got to really run through these quickly before we get to our pick six. Uh, we looked through the games that we picked against the spread last week, and it was a it's a tough week mm. for me, at least. Uh, well, it could be worse. I had a yeah. worse week last week, but you did pretty well in the NCAA docket yourself. Uh, Louisville at Kentucky. Louisville was going in as a thirteen and a half point favorite. They win by fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's that's a big rivalry, and that probably made it a lot closer than. We would have expected it. Yeah, first. I, I, I'm wondering. I, I, I'm assuming that I didn't get to watch this one. I'm assuming that Teddy Bridgewater play, played the whole game. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I mean, he makes that offense go. He makes he makes them. Well, I don't. I, you know, I kind of maybe think they're overranked, but he makes them at least top fifteen. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a weak conference really for talented. the AAC, except for mm-hmm. Louisville's going to be. Yeah, Cincinnati looking awful. (laughs) That they are. UCLA came to Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, Nebraska was hanging with them early and then 41-21. Yeah, and kind of another interesting, you know, thing. We we have Bo Pelini in the news and then, you know, his team gets off to a really, really fast start. And then after UCLA, I think meant was down ten to twenty. After they were down ten to twenty-one, like they scored mm-hmm. a touchdown, it was like Nebraska just gave up. Yeah, and, and that... I mean, 
just like like usual if if you've been watching kind of you know taylor martinez throughout his career if you can frustrate him he just cannot get back in the game yeah at all and i mean he's really really talented and that offense you know they run the ball really well um it's just that defense i mean it looked like there wasn't a defense on the field in in that second half at all well that's part of the words why we both picked ucla yeah, um, and and UCLA definitely get getting offensive talent together. Oh sure, on that team, and it's looking a lot better. And um, you know, I, another reason a lot of people are liking them in their division in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Keeping it moving here, we have the big game that was in the SEC: Alabama going to College Station, Texas A&M. Bama favored by seven and a half, and it was. You know, A&M got off to a really fast start, up fourteen nothing, and then Alabama took them by storm. And, you know, Johnny Manziel did play well despite the two interceptions. Uh, he had some garbage points where you have a 95-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Brings A&M to within seven, and that's how they lose, 49-42. So A&M technically gets, you know, the win as far as that uh, picking against the spread goes since the yeah. spread was seven and a half. And, I, and you know, uh, I think that they made a big thing about Coach Saban over the offseason not, like, not letting that happen again. Like finding some kind of defensive strategy against him, they did not find any kind of strategy to shut him down. Besides, mm-hmm. you know, when he makes bad passes, pick the ball off. Yep, he's got that it factor, which basically changed the game. But, um, I just I can't. He is much better than he was last year, and that's scary because he was really good last year. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like. I you know I still think Alabama has a decent defense. I mean, probably a lot more talent than most teams have on defense, and he sh- he shredded them. Not only that, but their wide receiver was unstoppable. <laughs> that guy, uh, yeah, Evans uh, definitely had that size mismatch. Yeah, his draft status went way up in one game. <laughs> so you got to keep it up the rest of the year. A couple of consequential games here: Georgia Tech at Duke plus eight. The you know, the Yellow Jackets use that triple option. They win 38-14. to 14. Mm-hmm. Also, you had Mississippi State at Auburn, minus six. Auburn wins, but only by four. So Mississippi State with that as Pre- well. Pretty good first, good, good start to the year for new head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and then I, I'm looking at, like, a lot of these. It's just like, if it were just picking the winner of the game, I would have had... <laughs> A lot more of these than I ended up having. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame at Purdue, another example. You know, Notre Dame maybe is coming off the emotional letdown of that Michigan game. They go into West Lafayette, twenty and a half point favorites. They only beat Purdue by a touchdown, thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah. And that was looking close. They yeah, only got that I, touchdown I at the end of the fourth. Sure, like I wanted to change the channel. I was sure Purdue had them mm. in that game, and I mean. I mean, you know, losing to Purdue, that could have just completely collapsed their whole season. Oh, yeah. Right there, but they found a way to win. Especially when it's a, oh, it's a much bigger rivalry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. They made it look like. Iowa, Iowa State was the extra point. If you had, uh, you know, your team was off this week or if you had them in the pick six, Iowa ended up beating Ohio uh, Iowa State. <laughs> if only Iowa beat Ohio State. <laughs> Iowa beat Iowa State. They were favored by two and a half. They win 27 to 21. Here's where it gets dicey. My extra point game was my Michigan Wolverines hosting the Akron Zips, who had lost 27 road games consecutively. 
37 point favorites for the Wolverines, and they almost pulled another Appalachian State. I mean, I was listening to this game on the radio. It was shameful. This team did not prepare for this struggling MAC team. Uh, and it came down to a fourth and goal at the four yard line. Michigan up by four. One final play. They didn't get pressure. Their defensive line struggled to get pressure the whole game, except for that last play. You get a push up the middle and force an incomplete pass. I mean, it was a dreadful performance, and Michigan's got to pull together for their night game this week yeah. at Connecticut. It, it, hurt, it hurt them in the rankings, too. Didn't they drop a little because teams behind them had good performances? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and I mean, at least going into that game, you got to think they're on, like, a, an extreme emotional high because, you know... And then, like, after this weekend, that game looks a little bit different, especially with the way Purdue played against... Notre Dame and the way Michigan came out and struggled in that game. So, the, you know, they've still got to get some things together. I mean, they cannot they keep turning the ball over like that. And they, it's happened every game. Mm. And um, so hopefully, he, you know, they're looking at tape and Gardner's fixing what he's doing wrong because they're good, you know, especially playing Ohio State, you cannot, like, they won't even have a chance if yeah, they play. in Northwestern, even. I mean, yeah, Northwestern. Two or three of great. his four, two or three of his four interceptions have been on third and 10 or longer. Mm-hmm. So he's really just trying to force things. He's trying to make too many plays. And it's, it's all part of the learning process. I mean, he only started uh, yeah, playing quarterback at the last half. A little of more two. read option. Mm-hmm, yeah. Into that would definitely help because, you know, I know that he's got a. He's, you know, he's got a good arm. That's part of his skill set. But, you know, I think at least incorporate that option to, you know, if it's not there, you know, maybe take off. Mm, and, yeah. and, you know, as as long as he's – obviously they don't do that because they don't want to get hurt. You know, right. that's the main reason. Um, but then um, for my, my game, we played Georgia State who, you know, obviously not the same kind of – team in that division that William and Mary is that we struggled with but um it was like I was telling you like in a text message it was like they knew what the spread of the game was and <laughs> knew that I picked Georgia State it, it was perfect because they you know you know they didn't blow them out really but they kind of did and still didn't cover the spread <laughs> yeah, 41 perfect. to 7 they're like it's all right Joel we got yeah. this for you and, it's, and you know started a kid who's never played quarterback in college before and he set the freshman passing record so yeah it definitely some offense looks a lot better i know oklahoma's defense is probably one of the better ones in the big 12 but you know at least i kind of i came away from it feeling good about going into this weekend so meanwhile i was having a heart attack so (laughs) i got i went three and four on the week you went five and two We've got Detlef Schrempf and Decaf78, who they went 5-2 and two this week, so they yeah. continue to carry over. They're at 13-8 and eight mm-hmm. on the year. We go to the NFL, Washington at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, oh. 480 passing yards, Jeez. and uh, he had 320 in the first half. Yep. I think he went easy on them because Green Bay was blowing Washington out. They were favored by 9.5. They ended up winning 38-20. I mean, RG3 having a terrible Terrible start to his first halves so far this year. Mm-hmm. His knee is not 100%. They're not letting him run. They're not using the read option. They're having him just drop back and be a passing quarterback, and which he can be capable of doing, but when you don't have the threat of the run, you're limited. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's not his full game, and that is not the reason that you drafted him. You drafted him for his full skill set, and that is what makes him so dangerous as a player. And when he's lacking that, it's just... Especially with their offensive line problems. They they just cannot... Their offensive line is not built for that kind of offense at all. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think so, and... I think he's I think he's he's very good on the run when he's rolling out of the pocket and that kind of thing. Sitting back there, I just don't think that is his full game no. at all. And they can't keep starting like this. No. Because there is no way that you can come back in both of those games. They had no chance to come back. They started so slow. And that their defense look I know that their offense not staying on the field is hurting their defense, but their defense looks terrible yeah, compared to it, what I thought it would be like this year. It's getting shredded, and RG3 is you know, pulling together good points for you know those fantasy football players, but they're garbage points all in the second half, and you know, yeah. trying to make comebacks that really fall short. Mm-hmm. Dallas goes to Kansas City and Arrowhead, and the Chiefs are 2-0 and on the year. Yep. How about that? They were favored by three and only won by one, so when it comes to picking against the spread, you give it to the Cowboys, to my regret... Mm-hmm. Because I thought Kansas City was going to win, and look, they did, but not by enough. Uh, you know, good for the Chiefs, though. Good for Andy Reid. They go into Philadelphia tonight. Yeah, um, it should be big emotional game, and it, you know, another game where we get to see like where both of these teams are comparatively. Um, Honestly, I like their chances to go three and zero tonight. Yeah, um, and, and um, you know, also. As the year goes on, I want to see what Chip Kelly does with his offense. Like, I, just like everybody else, I just want to see how he adapts it as the year goes on. Because I'm sure as the year goes on, they will get better at what they're doing. Well, that's it true. Was, I mean, they gotta they gotta learn how to use mm-hmm. that offensive system. And Michael Vick had over 400 yards passing. It was one of the first times that they had yeah. uh, three quarterbacks over 400 yards with no interceptions between them. He had. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, Michael Vick, and Philip Rivers, who had you know great games, uh, and you know Philip Rivers ended up beating Michael Vick's Eagles, yeah, which was surprising. Also surprising was how close the Tennessee Titans kept it against the Houston Texans. Yeah, Texans favored by ten, pushed it to overtime after quite the comeback, and even then you had you know your your field goal kicker, you had to take the final kick four times, <laughs> ice the first uh... time, penalty on the second time. Ice the third time, missed the fourth time. I, that was, that was yeah, unbelievable. That you, you don't really see that happen often, but that's why sometimes they save their timeouts. And Houston gets the clutch touchdown from uh, Hopkins mm-hmm. coming out of Clemson, rookie. Yeah, they 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 keep starting slow. They need to. They they have too many weapons on offense to be playing like that. Mm-hmm, for sure. In the Manning Bowl, it was the Denver Broncos going to the Giants as four and a half point favorites. And yeah, Denver starting slow in the first quarter at least, mm-hmm. or first half, but they pour it out in the second half. I yeah. mean, that team is impressive. They do lose Ryan Clady. Yeah. The that's ACL, a big the big left tackle, Peyton's blindside, and that's tough. But when you win 41 23, now, granted, the Giants have turned the ball over so often. Eli Manning has seven interceptions in two games. Can't be doing that. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting afterwards. Like them talking about how they don't like to play against each other yeah. and and all that stuff and they're and I'm just like 
but you're like brothers. You should, like, at least when like you were younger, you probably like wanted to beat each other and everything. Well, like, they probably don't like how the media makes it all about them. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're sure. they're really they're really team based guys, and they want it to be you know a team victory. But it all just boils down like the man ain't bull. Like it's it's not really what it is. But yeah, I know. But it's just I don't know. I just I find it funny sometimes because it always it always ends up like that, and then you're just like. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> well, especially when Peyton's 3-0 and now, that's for sure. 49ers go to the Seahawks. The world record for Guinness. Guinness world record of the crowd noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle put on a dominant performance. Did not see that kind of beatdown coming. They're very good at home, for sure. Mm-hmm. But they easily cover the three points, 29-3. That's uh, defense. I mean, they've their secondary is just... I think it's the best that there is right now. I think their front four is probably maybe like third or fourth best in the league, something like that. And they're going to get better players back on defense, and it's just kind of scary to think about. But it was eyebrows. five to nothing at the half. What? What about eyebrows? Well, you see, that was the thing. The eyebrow was the thing built up by EA Sports and Madden that you know the two, you know, quarterbacks, Colin Kaepernick, and Russell Wilson. They had apparently a bet that they made that in week two, the winner would make the loser shave off one of his eyebrows. And so EA Sports puts out the video the next day of you know Colin Kaepernick shaving an eyebrow. But you think, wait a minute. Colin Kaepernick is kind of growing out a beard mm-hmm. right now. Then why, in the video that EA Sports put out, mm-hmm. does he still rock the little goatee? Probably because it's fake. Probably because of bad special effects. And shame <laughs> on EA for many things that we could rant about, you know, for video games. You do a you know, video game podcast over at showmeyournews.com uh, called Show Me Your News. But it's all a marketing ploy, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. You got to think those things through. I can't be busted that easily. Where is my DLC? <laughs> There you go. At least give me that, and it better be free. Give it a Madden patch. You know, they like to do those updates to keep it up to date. Yeah. Do that. Uh, Then Pittsburgh at Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. A tough game to watch. Yeah. Pittsburgh is struggling. They can't move the ball that well. The Bengals were favored by 7. Cover, win by 10, 20 to 10. They hold the Steelers to 10 points in their last two meetings. Yeah, the Steelers have not only, like, they just struggling, but... They have had so many injuries early. Like, it's just, I don't really know how many teams could recover from it. Um, you know, they're still working on that offense because new offensive coordinator. And, you know, they, they, you know, they seem to like the receivers they have. Obviously, they wouldn't have let go of, you know, one of the faster ones with without him there. Um, special teams, it doesn't seem like there's much trouble there. Like, that seems like that's their strongest part of their game, really. Um, you know, the defense is holding teams to reasonable scores and stuff. If they could only put this together some offense, they'd probably be 2-0. and I mean, you got to think, if they put together, you know, a few more points, they, they held Cincinnati, who's got a lot of talent, to just 20 points. Yeah. Um, I, I think what, you know, obviously the problem there is the offense. Mm-hmm. Everything else looks fine to me. It looks like what about what I expected. And even as old as that defense is getting, it still looks like it's, you know, capable of stopping teams. Yeah. 
Then you got a tough game at home this coming week, and we'll get to that. Yeah, we were both three and three on the week. Uh, if we were picking the winners, we'd both be five and one. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's just tough. Yeah, gosh, you, the, you the would spreads. even be six and zero. Oh. The spreads. That, I mean, that's really what it is. A lot of times in NFL games, you've got really close spreads, but this week there were a few that you know were more than three points, more than touchdown, that kind of thing. And these first couple weeks, they've been you know closer games than usually history has dictated. So it's been mm-hmm. very interesting. So yeah. uh, our Sminge's leaders in the NFL, we have Decaf seventy eight and Skull Jumper, who have eight and four records through two weeks. Well done, guys. Yeah, nice job. Pick six for the NCAA football week four. We start with Florida A&M going to the toilet bowl. I mean, horseshoe in Ohio State. (laughs) 50 and a half point favorites for the Buckeyes. And I'll take Ohio State. Urban Meyer is a jerk. Now, that's just not being a a Michigan hater's perspective. Like, seriously, Urban Meyer is a jerk. He will blow you out inconsequential of what people think of him. 50 and a half points. Give me the Buckeyes. That's, I mean, I, I think that's just going to happen. That let's see, that's a lot of touchdowns. That's more than seven touchdowns. But it's Florida A and M. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's I think that the whole thing is by that point in the game because you know, let's face it, they can you know they've got talent on offense, but they're not Oregon. Like their second teamers can't come in and just score all over the place. Um, I think like the only I I am gonna take Florida A and M in this one, and really the only reason is because I think Ohio State will turn the ball over <laughs> a few times. That that's the that's the thing that I've noticed about their offense is that they're capable of scoring quick but they just as much will turn the ball over really stupidly. And I know right now, you know, you've got a different quarterback in there and everything. And but I don't know, is their quarterback coming back this week or what exactly is happening? But, you know, and he performed, per, you know, pretty well against um, an okay team, I guess you could say. I really, I don't think Cal's very good, <laughs> actually. Yeah, they got a good passing attack. Um, yeah, but they they turn the ball over mm-hmm. so much. Like it just I don't know. I don't know about them. So I'm just gonna take them because it's an enormous spread. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, just I, don't mm-hmm. don't say I've never picked Ohio State, Buckeye mm-hmm. fans. Uh North Carolina at Georgia Tech, minus six and a half is at noon Eastern time. Who do you have? Um I'd say it'll probably be a shootout. Um, you know, definitely better offenses than defenses in this game. But Georgia Tech's defense looks all right, I think. Um, and so I think, yeah, they could definitely cover a touchdown spread at home. Mm-hmm. I, I think so, too. Give me the Yellow Jackets, the, uh, the rushing attack against the North Carolina defense, which looked to be a little... A little shaky when they faced, you know, South Carolina. Granted, different opponents, mm-hmm. uh, but Georgia Tech's, you know, going to rely on the run. They had a, you know, solid game last week. I think they carry that over this week at home, and yeah, cover the the six and a half. Michigan State Spartans going to Notre Dame, Fighting Irish in the Golden Dome. There, four and a half point favorites are the Irish. 
give me the Spartans. Hmm. You know, their offense is dreadful. They kind of pulled together a little bit last week against Youngstown State. But it's their defense that's going to win them this game. Notre Dame is coming off of a, a tough, tough couple games here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they will be motivated at home. But I think, you know, Michigan State's defense is going to hold their own, maybe get some points. And the offense will do just enough to win, if not lose closely within a field goal. These two teams play each other very closely every year. It's going to be really exciting to watch. I have Michigan State. Um, let's see. The Yeah, I mean, I think Michigan State has the better uh front four. Um and Notre Dame probably has a better combined front seven. Mm-hmm. Um so definitely think it'll be like a low scoring game, probably not more than three touchdowns by either team kind of thing. Um but you know, again, Michigan State looked a lot better on offense last week, but you do have to consider who they're playing against. Um, and I, you know, I still think Notre Dame can put plenty of pressure on you up front offensively if they can force Miss Michigan State to have to throw the ball to win. Um, then I'm taking Notre Dame. I That's think true. they can win by a touchdown. Um, it's really because I feel a lot better about Notre Dame's offense than I do about Michigan State's, and I think. Unless Michigan State gets some kind of freaky sack fumble touchdown mm-hmm. in this game, unless they score from a turnover, I think they're going to have a really. I just because I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball at all against Notre Dame. So fair enough. Tennessee at Florida in the swamp. The Gators are sixteen and a half point favorites. Who do you have in this SEC tilt? Um, I'm going to go with Florida. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, if you watch Tennessee play Oregon last week then I mean it's really hard to compare because in that kind of thing what I would compare is I would compare Oregon's defense to Florida's defense because you cannot compare Florida's offense to Oregon's offense Um, but they have enough skill there that I think they can kind of break this open in the fourth quarter or something like that Um, you know break off a few long runs or something tire Tennessee out but I think probably first three quarters is probably going to be one of those good old-fashioned SEC three-to-two games. Uh, it was hooting annies. Yeah. So I, I think in the fourth quarter, Florida pulls away. Maybe maybe it's right at 17 points. Maybe it's mm-hmm. 20, something like that. I, I think they've just got enough talent there. And I think their defense won't really let Tennessee score. That's what I think, too. I've got the Gators. Uh, a tough matchup against the Ducks last week for the Vols. Mm-hmm. And you got that SEC talent on Florida. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be like you know, 17 right around there. So I'm more inclined to have the Gators cover the spread, even though it looks like a big spread for this game. Yeah. So I, mean, I, would, it, not, I would not be surprised if you know Florida wins by, say, 10. Yeah. Because uh, it is a big rivalry uh, for but, those two teams. Yeah. I, you know, I think like Miami's defense probably a lot better than Tennessee's. Mm-hmm. So I and even I think, there, Florida made a lot of you know self mistakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just watching Tennessee's offense against um, Oregon's defense. Uh, I think Florida's defense is more talented than Oregon's defense, so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I go with it. Arizona State Sun Devils coming off of that dreadfully officiated win against the Badgers of Wisconsin. Wow, that was that was something. I'll tell you what, they're going to the Stanford Cardinal. 
as Stanford is five and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. Now, first, let's quickly touch on that Arizona State Wisconsin ending. Uh, I mean, an awkward kneel as you know they're trying to center the ball, get in position for a field goal, no timeouts, bad planning, you know, for Wisconsin there, and then. You know, so it's not communicated clearly. The referees did a pretty bad job. Arizona State they have players diving on top of the ball. The referees aren't you know, blowing the whistle, calling it dead, pulling them off, penalties maybe. Clock runs out on the Badgers as they try to you know, spike the ball, which they even can't do against you know, NCAA rules in the last few seconds. Yeah. It was a horribly mismanaged situation all around. There's, I, there's blame to place on a lot of different people. for that. You know, I, it's not just... It's not just uh, Wisconsin's quarterback who just what in the world are you doing? I yeah. like obviously they went back and did replay from the back. He definitely did put his knee down, but you just couldn't see it. Don't set the know? ball on the ground. Yeah, he set the ball on the ground. You know, the, the they're using the word the phrase "giving himself up" Ugh. is that that I've heard so much. Um, it's so subjective. So you know, in a way, they thought it was a fumble. So you can't blame them in a way, but get up and get off the ball. That is definitely a penalty. It should have been called. Mm-hmm. I don't know why in the world it wasn't called. It was Pac-12 officials. Yeah, and you know they've been they've got lots of lots of flack in the past of all the just. It seems like there's always a really awful call that ends at the, that ends the game in a bad way. And um, you know I'm sure there's I there there. They're disciplined. I, I'm I'm sure they were yeah. disciplined, and uh, just so much blame all around. But just the fact seeing them run off the field when the coaches and players and stuff were trying to say mm. things to them, like I think that kind of encompasses how most people feel about Pac-12 officials yeah. Yeah. in back general. This, back to this game against Stanford, though. Arizona State goes to Stanford. I gave me the Cardinal. You know, too good of a defense. I think you know five and a half points should be easy for them to cover. Uh, and Arizona State may be riding the high off that loss, off that win, but it's it's a false high. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, is Arizona State really the twenty third best team in the country? I, I, I question that. Um, I don't know. I mean, they've it, Wisconsin really kind of what you know ran all over them in that game too. I mean, defensively, they did not look too good. Um, you can talk about like, you know, they held them to so many points, which was good, but um, like, I think Stanford, which is definitely a team who struggles offensively, their strength is their defensive line and that side of the ball, but I think Arizona State's defense is bad enough that Stanford will be able to go up and down the field on them. Mm-hmm. And um you're probably playing one of the best defensive fronts, if not the best defensive front in all of college football. I mean, they are like an SEC team up front. Yep. And I don't see. I don't think Arizona State's gonna have much success against. I don't think they'll be able to block them at all. And um, I, I yeah, definitely gotta go with Stanford in this one. I I don't care what your your skill players are like. If you can't give them the ball, it's not gonna matter. Kansas State goes to Texas as the Longhorns are five and a half point favorites. Big game for Texas coach Mac Brown. Mm-hmm. Who do you have? I've got Kansas State. Um, you know, you could talk about their loss at the beginning of the year, but 
that's a really good team they played at the beginning of the year. Probably would have beat a few, you know, teams of that level. Um, probably will win the national championship in their division. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and Texas just... It, it's the defense. Wait, did they play I North mean, Dakota State? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. North yeah, Dakota North State Dakota's, is really good. They're very, very good. And, um, you know... I know that you know that that kind of thing should never happen or whatever, but they picked a pretty good team of a lower division to lose to. Is what I'm In saying. fact, North Dakota State—that's where game days going this week. Yeah, so, I, I would go there to, after seeing the schedule this week um, because I don't really think that Arizona State Stanford game is worth going to. I would go there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Texas defense just really not good at all. And um, yeah, everybody is setting record like rush personal record rushing records against them, and we we don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback if he's going to be okay for the season. Everything it's just not how Mac Brown and the fans and everyone expected the season to go, and. At this rate, if it keeps going like this, we might see kind of a historic change of the guards there. I mean, it's crazy to think because if you look back, who was the last non-SEC team to win a national championship? It was Texas. Yeah. Um, who was the last uh, Big 12 team to be in the national championship game? It was Texas. Um, They've got their own TV network. Yes. I mean... It, with the resources, the recruiting, everything that they have there, they should be stacked mm-hmm. almost every single year. And the fact that they're not is kind of mind-boggling to think about. Um, but, you know, everybody loves Mac Brown, and so they don't want to say mean things about him or anything. But, it might I mean, it just might be the time to stop. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. He has brought them many many wins national championship all these things and we'll just we'll see how the season goes i mean you know you never know they might turn things around a little bit but right now any looks like a lot of teams could beat them mm-hmm. his so, job's in trouble yeah give I, me I just, the give me the wildcats of kansas yeah. state running up and down uh even if texas wins it's going to be by close Mm-hmm. Uh, so give me Kansas State. The extra point, if you have your team on a bye or already in the pick six, it's Kent State mm-hmm. at Penn State. The Nittany Lions at Penn State favored by 21. I think that's a lot of points, especially for yeah. a young young quarterback. Uh, and Kent State may not excuse me, may not be that good, but I think 21 points a lot. If I had to pick this game, I'd go Kent State. Um, I think I'll still go with Penn State just because uh, – you know, Kent State's probably pretty beat up after playing LSU, like having to go to LSU and play them mm. last week. Um, and there was a whole story with that that we could probably talk about some other time with the, there was a fraternity there that said yeah. really awful things about them. And mm. that was just one thing. But, you know, they're probably pretty beat up after that game. And then you have to go to Penn State, which is another place that's hard to play at. Um Penn State really got screwed over last week with uh, they let the clock run at the end of the game on them, and the guy had run out of bounds. And it, they, yeah, I mean, I mean, the team they played last week is pretty good. 
But um, I think that Penn State's um, probably just talent-wise has enough to kind of open this one up on Kent State. Hmm. Uh, Michigan at Connecticut at 8 p.m. Eastern. Wolverines are favored by 17.5 for my extra point game. I've got Michigan bouncing back. Mm-hmm. I I know Akron was a dreadful team, and I, Connecticut's not that good either. But Michigan has to actually prepare and that's something they did not do last week. I think they are still a talented team. As long as you can get pressure and dominate the line of scrimmage, which they hopefully could be able to. I think 17.5 points is reasonable. Three touchdowns, I think yeah. they can hang that on the Huskies. Yeah, I think uh, Connecticut um, runs the ball better than they throw the ball. Um, so I think as long as you can... Keep them, you know, from getting and that's know, in five yards. Favor. Yeah, yeah, five yards every carry, that kind of thing. Then you'll be able to. Dom- I mean, uh, Maryland kind of struggled against them last week, um, but they were able to throw the ball on them. So I think as long as you can get those wide receivers, you know, in the middle of the zone, wide open, I don't think they're gonna have much of a problem. I think they cover that spread. Mm-hmm. Um, we play. We play Maryland this week. And, um, you know, they've got uh, a few talented wide receivers. And we really haven't played a team that has this kind of the kind of passing attack that they have. Mm-hmm. And um, this year, you know, last year we played them. But this year they actually have a capable quarterback playing because last year I think three other quarterbacks got hurt. That's right, yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I, I think the difference in this game is our defense. I, I think that... Uh, you know, I think it'll still be able to handle because our corners haven't been playing that bad. Them, I think as long as you double cover um, the one receiver, I can't really remember what's his name. <laughs> um, he's basically kind of like Tavon Austin. That's what he, he reminds me of. Except mm-hmm. he's probably got better downfield speed. Like, uh, you know, he's taller um, too. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we can. I think we can go into Raven Stadium and and pull this one away and kind of, uh, you know, make people at least look forward to some Big Twelve play. Very interesting. Maryland's a four and a half point favorite. Got West Virginia in that one. Quickly here, let's go with the NFL Week Three: Detroit Lions at Washington Redskins minus one in favor of the Redskins. I'll take Detroit, although I'm hesitant to. A lot of these, you know, one-point spreads, basically a pick in a way. And Detroit has not won at Washington in at least a very long time, if not ever. But I think these slow starts are getting to Washington. If they're saying that they want to run RG3 more, but if they don't, uh, watch out. Because I think, you know, Detroit's offense can get it together, especially against the lackluster Washington defense. And I think the Lions. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, watch watching like Shady McCoy against them earlier. Kind of just thinking Reggie Bush can do the exact same thing. Well, granted, Reggie uh, Bush is you know a little sore this week. Uh, you know, he's uh, going to be start practicing tomorrow, but mm-hmm. he's been sore all week, so he won't be at full strength. But and it's better yeah. than nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. But you know doesn't hurt that you've got you know good receiver good receiving core yeah, yeah, um pretty good yeah i think i think is uh you know 
if Washington keeps playing that same kind of game where they just don't wake up until the second half, um, I don't know. They just they've got a lot of problems to fix on defense. They I don't know what if they're going to change their scheme or switch around their players, but right now what they're doing is not working. And um, obviously everyone's going to talk about their offense, but I really see a lot of problems in that defense. Um, because we, it's, it's one thing for Green Bay to do that because we expect that from Green Bay. Mm. Um, but uh, the Eagles, who, I mean, they're adjusting to a new system right now. We We didn't really expect that kind of thing to happen so detroit has a lot of weapons on offense i expect them to score a lot of points against the washington that's unfortunate we both picked the redskins to win the nfc east because we thought their defense would be pretty good but if they yeah, fall zero and three that's what I, that oh. that is the biggest surprise to me because they're still putting up points and stuff it's just it's too late in the game their defense has already given up too many points yeah watch out if the redskins go zero and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New England Patriots. Patriots are eight and a half point favorites. What do you have in this one? Um, well, Tom Brady gets a, one of his weapons back, right? Does he? I think Tight so. End. Oh, Gronkowski. Yeah. I thought it was more like 50-50 you might play, oh. but looking more likely than it has been, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they almost might have to play. <laughs> right. Um, you know, they're looking for people step up in the receiving quarter there um, because, you know, you can't just throw the ball to one guy. And uh, that's kind of how they've been so far. You know, just barely winning games, waiting on the other team to make mistakes. Uh, I mean, they needed the Jets to throw, what, like three interceptions? Mm, yeah. So, uh, I mean, struggling against teams, you know, that they're going to play maybe twice a year too. So... Um, that'll be interesting to watch as the, as the year goes on. But he needs people to throw the ball to, like you know, like his wife says, he can't catch the ball. To, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah, and uh, you know they have defense. Their defense actually kind of surprising looks a lot better than I expected. Yeah, at this point it's in the still year, not great, but it's it's okay. I mean, but the fact that they're holding teams low enough that they can just barely win is kind of important. So. Um, yeah, I think that they can beat Tampa Bay by, you know, 10, 14, something mm-hmm. like that. They they won't need a huge offensive performance. But, you know, when you've got Tom Brady back there, I mean, there's almost like maybe one or two other quarterbacks that you would want mm-hmm. back there. So, Well, New England has been barely winning games. Tampa Bay has been barely losing games. Now, granted, when they've done so, they've looked atrocious. Bad penalties. It just... Awful collapses, you know, can't stop New Orleans worth anything in that final drive. So I think it's going to be a closer game than eight and a half. Mm -hmm. So as far as the spread goes, I think it's a big spread. I'll give the edge to the Bucks, Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. in the spread. Houston Texans and their you know comeback season continues going to the Baltimore Ravens plus one where the Texans are favored by one. And I'll take the Texans. I think they've got a breakthrough sometime. They're trying to get Andre Johnson back on the wide receiving core. And Baltimore has looked a little suspect. You, you kind of barely pull out a win there against the Browns. And, you know, the first week wasn't looking that great either against mm-hmm. you know a passing attack like the Broncos had. So 
I'll take Houston to win. I don't think it's going to be a crazy comeback story this week, but mm-hmm. I think they win by maybe a touchdown or so. Yeah. Um, you know, it, they were supposed to, the Ravens were supposed to be an offensive team this year. Um, kind of like, especially with all the players they lost on defense and, you know, I mean, the leader, they lost the leader of their defense. Um, but then, you Two know, in the, in the, yeah, in the off season, they lost a lot of skill on offense too. And so they traded around and tried to, to put some receivers in place, but then they had awful, I mean, awful injuries in that Denver game. Mm-hmm. And so they've kind of had to move the receivers around again. And I think at least in the second game, I thought it was their defense that won the game for them. Um, because they still struggle on offense. And I think, I think at least when Houston starts to get things together, like I, you know, like a lot of people are expecting, they're truly an offensive team. And I think in if it comes to a point where it's a shootout, I'm going to take Houston. I think they just have so many more weapons than mm-hmm. Baltimore does. Let's knock out the last few quickly here. Buffalo Bills go to the New York Jets. Jets are favored by one. Who do you have in this one? Um... Uh, geez, that's just a pick Um, I don't know. I'll say Gito only throws like one interception this time <laughs> and the Jets win. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Gino Smith can manage the game well enough. I mean, the Bills are coming off that big emotional high that mm-hmm. went at home against Carolina. And they have to go on the road, a big you know, AFC East rival. I don't know if they can make it two weeks in a row. I think the Jets defense is Solid enough. Mm-hmm. They can kind of slow the Bills' attack, and Geno Smith can manage the game, some, and they can pull out quarterbacks. Yeah, pull out a, a close win. Yeah, it is the battle of rookie quarterbacks, and they're not good teams overall. But in that battle, I'll, I'll take the Jets as well. Chicago Bears go to the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half. Bears are favored by two and a half on Sunday Night Football game. I'll take the Steelers. I don't think they can go zero and three. That that sounds crazy to me, and at home. Heinz Field is going to be a tough place to play. I know the Bears are coming in on a lot of momentum. That last-second win last week against Minnesota, big for that team. They have a good passing attack, but I think the defense holds enough. A very defensive struggle in this game. And so I'll take the Steelers to win this one. Yeah, I think that uh, you know one of the things with their offense is that they want to run the ball. Obviously, with all the injuries they've had to the tailbacks, that's a huge problem. Um, but, you know, I think at least last, you know, this past week, what I was seeing is that um, I do kind of like like the stable of backs that they have. Obviously, the reason they're doing that is because they don't have, you know, a one running back that they're paying tons of money mm-hmm. right now. And who to be the feature back, so they're kind of mixing and matching and seeing what works. And I, I think that's something that they're going to figure out. They're going to figure out how to run the ball better. And if they can do that and do play action, I mean, their receivers probably just as fast as any receive, receiving core out there. I really like that. Like, I think if they can actually run play action, which they can't do it because when you're not running the ball, you can't do that at all. If they can run play action, they're going to start scoring points. And I, I think that they will start to run the ball better this week against Chicago. And I, that's why I'm going to take them. 
Final game is the Monday Night Football game. Oakland Raiders go to Mile High to take on the Denver Broncos. Denver's been getting some of the big games this first week, but then their schedule kind mm-hmm. of tapers off after this. Who do you have in this Monday Night game? Well, I think you'll probably see more pressure on Peyton this week than you've seen all season so far. Because, I mean, Oakland's definitely getting after people. Mm. I, I think maybe they might like lead the league in sacks already or something like that. Wow. Um, but I think what it comes down to is that, you know, Oakland's defense, Oakland might have a better defense, but offensively, I don't think they can keep up with Denver in this game. And I think just the pace that Denver goes at, they kind of wear you out during the game. And, you know, you screw up once on defense and it's a touchdown. That's mm-hmm. kind of how Denver's season's going so far. And they still have um, yet to get back uh, Von Miller and Champ Bailey on defense for the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if they can get them back, if they can still win these games without them, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, once they get them back, just how much more pressure they can put on people because then they can they can leave Champ out there on an island, mm-hmm. you know, to, to cover somebody, and they can put more pressure on you up front. And that that's really what's lacking in their defense so far. But... I just don't think Oakland has enough, uh, you know, skill on their team to keep up with Denver in this game. Young I, talent there, but I, I just don't think they're really at that level yet. I agree. I mean, Russ or Terrell Pryor has had a relatively good start for the Raiders, mm-hmm. but Peyton Manning is in you know solid control. It seems so far of that offense. I think it'll just you know roll off the pressure. Short passes have that, you know, play effectively for them. And I think it's one where you break away at the end. So I think they cover the 14 and a half. Give me the Broncos. Amazing special team play from Holiday. Oh, Just, yeah. My gosh. I I remember him when he was in college, but and, and them always talking and about He had great returns last year for the Broncos, too, and yeah. he took that one back. That's like, that's no surprise. He's mm-hmm. one of the best in the league right now. Um,. Yeah, on a sad note, to kind of wrap things up here, you had the passing of Hiroshi Yamauchi, who mm-hmm. was the Nintendo president that kind of transformed the company from trading cards to video games, also owner of the Seattle Mariners. So yep. there's the sports tie-in, although he never saw a Seattle Mariners game. I don't know. I don't think so. Fun, fun fact, he, he never did. Uh, but a sad passing indeed that affects both the video game and the sports world, something that you know both is important. Mm-hmm. to the show me your news network here uh anything else coming up um nhl preseason underway yeah um oh boy i don't know uh maybe look ahead game lsu auburn yeah who knows i mean auburn's defense looks bad against the run which is probably you don't want to play lsu but maybe upset Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you did have and, that Mayweather Alvarez fight, and then just today the uh, the third judge who called it a tie, a draw, when it definitely was not, stepped down. So that was interesting. Oh yeah, and then um, you know, just a reminder, all fans out there, if you go to a sporting event, just stay off the field, um, because yes. Utah and BYU play this week. <laughs> oh man, you remember what happened last? Gonna year. gonna make it four times. <laughs> that that certainly was something. Go up, look at the look up the ending to the end of the Utah BYU. There uh, are probably year. more spoofs out there than you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, anyway, it's it's been a longer episode this week. We'll try to you know tighten it up a little bit in the coming weeks. But it's exciting that football's back. Yeah, there's just like too much to talk about. I, I agree. <laughs> well, anyway, with that, I'm Peter, and I'm Joel, and we hope you enjoy the weekend sports. Have a good one.